Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fully Expressed Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Marhefka, and I am excited to bring you the following conversations with some of the most interesting people I have ever met. When I set out to start recording the Fully Expressed Podcast, my intention was not to be the biggest, the most listened to, the most profitable podcast, but my intention was to be the most vulnerable podcast. And so as I interview our guests, my desire is to bring up stories and share experiences that they haven't shared before or they don't share regularly, to let us into their world even deeper so that we may learn and grow from their stories. And so far, we've certainly done that. Please check out all the episodes we've recorded on Spotify, iTunes, and all the other platforms. And if you love this show, please leave us a review, let me know, and also share this with a friend who you think might enjoy it. Lastly, if you want to support this show, please go over to trainingcampforthesoul.com. Training Camp for the Soul is my company where we do emotional healing, inner child work, and we teach people how to truly transform their lives. This show is completely funded by Training Camp for the Soul, so if you want to support me in the show, please go check out everything we have to offer over there. If you want to see the show notes and anything more about this podcast, go to chrismarhefka.com slash fully expressed. And then lastly, go over and follow me on the Instagram at chrismarhefka, where I share my own personal stories vulnerably, openly, and honestly. Thank you all for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode here with Dr. Judd, and we're just going to get into it. We're going to drop in. Well, we did just drop in. We did. Thanks. That, uh, that just happened. Thank you. Thank you to your uh, recorded meditation. Hmm. It really was beautiful. Dr. Judd just shared one of 24. Yes. 24 recorded meditations that are well let me let me um yeah so <laughs> each month so it's 30 days okay so i have a series and that was the mother nature series i just had picked one that my audio guy had done up to 24 days mm-hmm. so i was like pick a day you pick day 11 and we dropped in so you're going to do one of those for every day yes for multiple months yes whoa yeah so i have three and I have six more written and recorded, ready for my audio guy to wow. take over. Yeah, my journey into 20 minutes a day meditation, when that began, I didn't have any guidance. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, my mentor was basically do 300 consecutive days. Just do it. A Tai Chi <laughs> for 20 minutes a day. And I grudged through the first 100 days. And after a few years of this becoming a way of life, and working with patients for well over a decade, I began to have a flow of witnessing people walk in the door of my institute, seeing their energy, seeing their sympathetic charge. Nervous system was all over the place. So, okay, let's drop in for 40 breaths, right? Did you just feel how your energy shifted? I never had a session indoors. When I started Dr. Judd Institute, I started, I went back to Boulder And outside the Institute, there was a community garden that was about the size of a football field. And so walk barefoot and I could have 40 deep breaths and us walk barefoot. And then I'd usually give a concept, you know, it would just start appearing. These concepts and these flows would start appearing 
And it's really cool when you walk where you can kind of look back and go, you know, do you remember when you said this back there? And then I started recognizing there was a flow to putting the person in the moment. What do you see? You know, navigate me with a screenshot, what the mind sees, because usually there is a judgment that we're projecting out to the world with whatever we see without getting too heady about it. Mm-hmm. And then there's a need there that's kind of have us stuck that we didn't honor our needs or we didn't even know that we needed that. That's usually based in safety, love mm-hmm. and connection, connection to ourselves, to our source, to the earth, to community. And then somatically, like where's that showing up in the body? What emotions do you feel? Because those sensations that you're unwilling to feel are keeping you stuck mm-hmm. and you're not allowing that energy to dissipate, to actually be felt, to actually be experienced. And so usually we're stuck in that moment of time with that freeze frame. And so that's my formula and my flow is 40 breaths. Then I drop us into the heart conscious question of the day, which is really more concepts where I go to concept and then I'll go more left brain and then right brain questions. So you're kind of bouncing around for about five minutes in that flow. And then I drop into a C-need feel that matches the mm-hmm. theme of that meditation. And I'm cranking these out. And I'm, yeah. I'm doing it from a very deep place. The first one is quantum reboot, which is really going through the chakras. It's going to the glandular system, but I'm not saying anything about that. I'm showing you the energies that show up in those areas. And we're working through the first 10 days is your past. Next 10 days is present. And the next is future. And really getting you present with the wisdom of your future self is bringing that into the present. And it's the groovy process because it didn't come from a place. It's like when people call me for help, no one calls on a winning streak. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and even, even when I work with pro athletes or Olympians or whatever it is, you know, someone's reaching out to me, there's a need there. Even if they're like, well, I want my performance to go high. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's like, uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's usually a scoreboard desire, but yeah. there's so much. Yeah, there's something there. so much deeper. And so my journey into healing my own pain went into these meditations and goes into these meditations. And there's not a day where I don't drop in and really unearth the suffering. And when I say suffering, that's the story or expectation of an unmet need that I had been projecting into the world to either care for me, usually from a victim mm-hmm. standpoint. And once that shadow became more illuminated, where else do you go? Mm-hmm. And how these actually began is after the death of my father, I wrote a book called Be Your Doctor. And that's not published because when I went out in the forest to meditate and go very deep and figure I would do the rewrite, I began to notice a theme that the stories were not told from a healed perspective. There was still very much a victim in the storyline. From how I talked about my siblings to being raised in a military academy to playing football in college, even from earning a doctorate degree, all that stuff 
Was identity need stuff for you to see me as more than I saw myself? There was a lack of worthiness where I didn't feel whole. And I stepped back and looked at everything and saw, you know, at these outline and it went nature, energy, sensing, and willpower with the four directions. I do a lot with the four directions, mm-hmm. as you can tell yeah. with the meditation. And I was like, these are meditation programs. Let me start teaching this in little bite-sized pieces and allow people to become aware and even aware of where they need help and who they need to ask help from. Yeah. You know, instead of saying this fixes you, it's like that inner awareness. I think that's a such a key point because even people reaching out for help aren't even clear on what the help truly is. And I think that leads you to an answer but it may not be the answer that you actually need or it may not be to the problem that is actually below the surface. And I personally believe that like that comes from just processes like that, where you're just asking curious questions to find it within yourself. I get the feedback all the time. People hire coaches that do a specific thing and then they coach them on that specific thing. And they wonder why they're not happy, fulfilled, in love with life at the end of that. Right. And it's because that wasn't the thing that they actually needed help with. Right. And a great coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a great coach is going to be willing to say that up front. Yeah. I hear what you're saying, but the risk of you not giving me X amount of money mm-hmm. or signing this contract. Yes. Which takes such deep experience yeah. as a coach to be willing or even have the wherewithal to actually say, I hear what you're saying. This is your thing. And that might be your thing. But are you willing to consider infinite possibilities? <laughs> right. And it's like nobody wants to hear that. And it's the hard conversation where you're willing to have with someone and willing to have with yourself is, can I actually help this person? Mm hmm. Do I have the life experience? Because what you'll find as a coach, as a psychologist, as a counselor, is that you can only help people. And usually the universe is going to send you people right below the level where you've just reached. And if you're telling them what they need to do with their life, usually I found that's the issue because there's not enough patience there and not enough experience to Ask the questions you mentioned being curious. Ask the questions so they unravel it. Because half of the time when it's something that you think that it is, and as a coach you don't remain curious enough to ask those questions to the unknowns to see what opens up in them. Because when you see the light come on in someone's eyes, that, oh my goodness, I didn't even think Mm -hmm. to go there. I mean, people talk about shadow work, bro. (laughs) You know, I had a moment. Sexy right now. When I, it is, (laughs) it's a sexy topic. And I feel the need to share this story. When I was up in the forest, I was able to get Wi-Fi while I was doing these meditations to download stuff. And I started working with a man that's actually local here. And he taught alongside Marshall Rosenberg and nonviolent communication also does Feldenkrais work, brilliant man, and just has a heart of gold. And I'm telling him about experiences and relationships. 
And he stopped me and he said, you know, you dominate people. What do you mean? He goes, well, you see how you intellectually navigate the conversations. So it really gives them no other option than to agree with you. And Does that feel true for you? It was. Yeah. It was. And Chris, when I had that realization, I skipped over being dominated myself and thought of every single relationship, every single dynamic mm -hmm. where I overcame someone with my intellect or with savvy or with even my emotional responses. Because mm -hmm. when we don't accept someone's yes and someone's no is face value without trying to manipulate given our response or our reaction. There's one thing saying, hey, I'm going to own that I don't like that you just told me yes to that question. I'm going to walk over. I'm going to have my moment. Yeah. There's another thing saying, you know what? Your yes is not okay with to me. To stay this in is it, why. to try to manipulate it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. To try to navigate that. And mm. for whoever that's speaking to out there, for me personally, I had a nervous system reset where I went back to the cabin and I was so shaken by this new information and the awareness, I knew I was never going to be the same. And I cried probably for eight hours straight for a few rotations for like three days where the only thing I could do to calm my system was to do meditation, Tai Chi breaths. I would get in the tub, I would get in the shower, crawl out to nature. But it was, if you've ever heard of an ego death, mm -hmm. it's the closest thing that I can imagine when I hear that experience. My identity as I knew it my entire life was no longer the same because I could feel that energy of fearing change, fearing the illusion of control slipping my grasp in a relationship, in a partnership, in a business decision, in a, anything. Even if you were talking about coaching. Yeah. You know, I mean, how many people, how many coaches have been fired by their clients, right? <laughs> Instead of being humble maybe recognizing when you're out of your depth or that you're human and you make mistakes mm -hmm. or you could do it better or maybe there's shining light on your stuff. Yeah. Like that's an opportunity right there. There you up level. Yeah. Yeah. They're your uh, teacher. Uh -huh. <laughs> and now you're being called out and out of fear of not feeling like you're enough. You're unwilling to actually observe and accept that you have areas to grow. And for me, recognizing that the way that I was raised, I was raised in a military academy from 12 to 18. And I wasn't on a winning streak before then. Usually not to get <laughs> yeah, into a military yeah, academy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, playing football in college and walking on and being a running back and the strong safety and identity tied into being a tough guy. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, I want to be the best in the field of psychology and but there's all this unspoken hierarchy of it just like in football just like in military these hierarchies mm -hmm. and so you figure out how to navigate their responses so if i was an officer in a military like academy gain an upper hand just yes hand, it's always yep. mm -hmm. seeing how you could be the wolf amongst <laughs> sheep that's a strong statement. And to hold that perspective, that means that there has to be sheep and there has to be wolves and there has to be victims, there has to be perpetrators and there has to be hierarchies. Yeah. Because if you've ever been beaten, if you've ever been 
going with the story that you were abandoned or rejected and you don't want to be seen as a victim because usually the victims are the ones that have the most muscle or the toughest face in the crowd. You know, when I work with pro football players, they're just protecting themselves yeah, with that run. Yeah. yeah. That is our ego, essentially, is the right. ultimate protector. It's like right. the bigger you can make that ego, right? More protection you feel. So, moments like that is when I dove in and really put my heart and soul into these meditation programs. Mm-hmm. And let's make it a little sexier. So, like, and there are moments too, you know, when I'm in isolation that reading books like Urban Tantra, Jewel of the Lotus, Multi-Orgasmic Man, and I'm getting up and I'm realizing, okay, when I wake up, I have a nervous system response like a GI trash can is being banged outside my door. Mm. People are screaming, get up. Mm. So, okay, I've never really noticed that because my intellectual mind, my analytical mind would kick on of what I'm going to do, what I'm mm-hmm. going to pursue, what I'm going to overcome, what I'm going to check off today Mm -hmm. to be awesome, Mm -hmm. right? And then I realize, okay, let's calm my system. Now let's practice self-love. And so if I'm doing these self-love techniques and these tantra techniques all by myself and I'm in this orgasmic state for an hour and then I go ground that energy and then I go right from that energy and then I go lift rocks or chop wood and then I go drop in and record, that's some wild creative energy. Because there is something to that energy of sustaining ejaculation and mm-hmm. transferring that energy up the chakras mm-hmm. and to when out there in the woods, like I blew open my root chakra and my crown chakra and I'm, <laughs> I never really spoke about chakras. It was always the glandular system and yeah. whatever energy you want to speak to it, because that's another meditation mm-hmm. program that I'm writing. It's called Awakening. Or awareness. The names change <laughs> three or four times <laughs> yeah, while I yeah, write them. For sure. And then who knows by the time it goes, you know, out to production and marketing. But yeah, there's creating from a place of pain and creating from a place of ecstasy and joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one is running from and one is running to towards or moving towards or moving from. Yeah. And being with it all and balancing it all. And I'm really psyched these to start which I imagine people that are buying them are going to be really psyched when they start (laughs) turning into like you know because I have a willpower meditation but like one that's things are excitable and energetic and Mm -hmm. fun because quantum reboot I'm not playing around first day starts out with fear hell yeah you know then it goes goes to guilt and shame and control obsession and working up Mm -hmm. the system of things that are holding you back that are trapped in the body and the system Mm -hmm. and the mind yeah. Yeah. What were some of your most impactful teachers? I mean, the one is Paul Jack. That he's the one that called me out. Like from <laughs> thirty top people in the country, yeah, right, around the world, yeah. practitioners. And he was like, Judd, I've never seen anyone more in their head in my entire life. Wow. He goes, I've never done this. I'm prescribing you, specifically you, three hundred consecutive days. 20 minutes a day meditation of Tai Chi. And he showed me a couple moves. And, you know, when you got a man like that, that I could not feel his love because I didn't have love for myself. I could feel his care. Yeah. I was very skeptical. I was tentative and afraid. I didn't know I was because he's an alpha and he's built like a 
he's an oxy 25 year old olympian lifter, right and but he's 60 right now and so um to see what he's created and the love that he had towards me i had no other choice but to drop in Mm -hmm. to drop in and it seems like he actually embodies both but like in that sense that feels like a masculine love that there's in my experience, at least, I have so much, so many fewer examples of that mm-hmm. than of the feminine love. Yeah. And there's something to being able to deliver the most cut right through you direct statement mm-hmm. with all of the love, care, and compassion in the world. And that's an art. Bro, I've been really blessed in that area. That's when I was saying, like, writing my book need to come from a healed perspective. Mm-hmm. Because I have one meditation program that's coming out, maybe the third or fourth one down, but it's Men of Virtue and Paul's in there and my coach from Military Academy that was really my second father. And I'm like this kid in middle school on the bus and at a track meet and I was hanging out with all the seniors and I thought it was so cool. Mm-hmm. And I was late to a certain event and he called me out in front of everybody like just embarrassed me and just like, I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass. You know, like your parents, you think you're way too cool. And it just shot me down, but it was loving Mm -hmm. because he saw where I was headed. Mm -hmm. And he was like, humble yourself, work hard and know that I got you. I'm always going to tell you straight forward. And that's what I've been. I, I also coached high school football for about a decade. And for many people that know Ty Detmer back in the day, the Heisman Trophy winner out, out of BYU, he coached high school. We took over a program, St. Andrews, the mm-hmm. private school here. And I got to really do all my holistic stuff with my doctorate degree. And that's really how I designed a lot of the stuff that I do. Wow. Because if you can teach a teenager, you can teach anybody. Yeah. Right? And so I had this wild experience of working with the poorest population in all of Austin, Texas, getting my clinical hours, Mm -hmm. go across town, and then work at the wealthiest private school in the whole state. Yeah. Right? And then work alongside, we had, I think, five coaches that were all retired professional football players. Mm -hmm. Right? And so it was this camaraderie, and then we had all these kids, and I'm able to to bring in a raw organic chef and teach him stuff. And oh. I had like a yoga circle and whatever is set in the yoga circle stays in the yoga circle, you know, <laughs> like this. Wow. With, with high school football players. Yeah, dude, wow. It was a trip. It was mm. a trip. And so I could see that, okay, if it works with them and then I saw the impact and how it changed these families. Okay. I'm going to start Dr. Judd Institute. Mm-hmm. And that's where that, came from mm. i saw what paul was doing and i was like i'm doing my way different version yeah over yeah, yeah. here you know Don't paul flavor. is paul you right, know? Right, like, right anything out there holistic he started it right so it was like i'm not that guy got my own version and that was the beauty and being mentored by him is to recognize that's what he brought out and a huge part that he brought out that helped me self-actualize and actually be me was healing the relationship with my father mm. And I'd like to drop into that. Yeah, I was going to, what is that like? So for all the listeners out there, if you don't mind really opening your heart to this story, and I will ask you a question at the end of this story. And whenever I pause, I'm really dropping into my heart. 
because I want you to feel the experience of the death of my father and how that transformed my life and who I am. So, as I said, I wasn't on a winning streak for the military academy. And my father and I had a lot of turmoil between us and a great amount of respect for him. At the same time, it was so confusing because I was so angry at him. And so I was in Boulder. I started Dr. Judd Institute. And he reached out one day and he told me that he'd had a lung disease, but he really downplayed it. He said, oh, I got plenty of time. We're going to figure this thing out. I come from a religious background where you can feel like we're going to pray this away. Mm -hmm. But it was really thrown out there like it was no big deal. I took this opportunity to open up to him all my truths. But we can tell the truth and we can tell without punching someone in the face. The biggest thing about telling the truth is that we need to forgive ourselves and the other person before we even speak it without having the expectation that they accept what we're about to say or discuss. Otherwise, it's loaded, right? We're beating someone up in a conversation with a story of what they need to do or what they need to be at the end of it. And so my work with Paul was to really clear that energy myself and then speak to him in love. The difference between a spanking and a beating. And when you feel that shift in someone that otherwise would have a defense and you feel that acceptance and love, like, you know what, son, you're making sense. Mm. Like, dad, this isn't between you and I. This is how I'm going to be a parent. This is how we raise our children in a community. If we find absolute peace between each other, infinite possibilities are here. And so this went on for a few months. and We were starting to build this beautiful relationship in these conversations. And so I drove from Boulder to Austin to go to a wedding in Guatemala. I was going to fly out Mm -hmm. next day. And the car's packed to leave at the airport. I'm getting ready and I get this call from my dad. And he's talking slower than he's ever spoken. And he said, son, I just need to get this out. Okay. Let's have at it. He said, son, I raised you with the mentality to spare the rod, you spoil the child. And I never realized that the rod was pertaining to a shepherd's rod. And a shepherd would never beat his sheep. The rod is meant to gently guide you. He said, you were the sweetest child I'd ever been around. And I know I did a lot to change that in you. And you had amazing mentors in military academy because there's no excuse not to have a real father. And we took a long pause. I said, Dad, I have one question for you. Have you forgiven yourself? And I could hear him. I could feel him. Mm-hmm. He said, yes, son, right now. I said, Dad, you feel that peace? I forgave you a long time ago. Mm-hmm. He said, I know you're going to a wedding tomorrow. Goes, but I'd really like to see you soon. We hung up, said I love yous. I set the alarm, I had a six AM flight. I'm gonna wake up at like three AM. Lay down at eight thirty. I woke up gasping in air, like could not breathe, and I saw this in my dreams of a pair of hands sitting across from each other, one older and weathered, shining light on its opposite. Didn't know what to think of it. I just knew I need to see my dad immediately. And so I 
30 minutes had gone by. It was nine o'clock. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I jumped in the car and from Austin to Tennessee, like 13 hours, whatever it was, to Nashville where I'm from. And like driving. Huh? Yeah. 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 I just started driving throughout the night and called my brother. He's a pilot. And I said, bro, I just got this feeling, man. Will you go see dad? And he goes, man, I'm sitting at the gate. He lives in Dallas. He was like, Nashville's right beside me. I was thinking about dad right when you called. Sure, man. I'll head there. I'll see you in the morning. And by the way, you're acting really weird. <laughs> you know, I'm just letting you know. It's like, man, I get it. I get it. Just I have this feeling in my heart. Mm-hmm. I need to see dad. And I want you to as well. Drove throughout the night. Walk in the door. My dad's got a grin from ear to ear. Give my mom a hug. Brother's not even present he's just kind of laughing like dude dad's fine you know he's like sitting at the breakfast table he goes dad i'm gonna grab a cab i'm going to the airport i'll see you with the kids in a couple months so i sit down with my dad at the table and he's still smiling and he puts his big hand over my hand and looks and he calls up to mom mrs betts come here i need you to take a picture of juddy boy and i juddy boy Mm -hmm. call me and so he was a surgeon a very well-known surgeon, um, sports surgeon. And he is an artist and he took a lot of pride in his hands. And he said, put your hands across your mind. I said, let's take a picture of our hands. And the moment he took that picture, it was the picture from my dreams. And the moment I realized that we had the same hands and I never wanted to relate to him my whole life because I was so angry. I couldn't see myself in him. I wouldn't allow it. Mm-hmm. He said, son, we take a walk with me. He's got this little portable oxygen machine like he's carrying with him, which is very shocking. He's moving slow, which was shocking because I'd seen him months earlier and he was fine. Mm -hmm. And we walk out and on the property is Stones River Battlefield where I grew up as a kid finding musket balls and things like that. It was really wild, this concept of seeing this beauty and thinking about a battle or oppressive rights right over other human beings just wild and then you're witnessing this land and i looked over at him and it's like either he was seeing it for the first time or the last time and then he said son i really need to take a shower you mind helping me okay dad that's Mm -hmm. that's a first you know father son sure let me get some stuff out of the car He's moving slowly, so I figured it would time up about right. And I go walk to the car, grab my bags, and I look at the suit that I was going to wear for the wedding. And this voice spoke in my heart, said, you're going to be wearing that by the end of the week. All right. So I walk inside. I'm sitting down. I'm sitting on my phone. He's taking a shower, sitting down. And all of a sudden, this voice in my heart said, be here now. Put down the phone. Look over in the shower. Start watching how he's shaving, how he's cleaning his body. Same voice in my heart said he's preparing his body for death. I stood up. Couldn't even accept the voice. I was like, Dad, you okay? He stood up, looked me in the eyes, took a deep breath, said, yeah, I'm okay, son. Put his head down. And then lifted up his hand and wrote okay backwards. Okay backwards so I could actually see it. Put up his hands, had a big breath. And he laid down on the ground on the shower floor. And I opened the door, shut the water off like, Dad, 
grab these two big towels, put one over and put one underneath them, scooping them up on my lap and my arms. And he was just looking at me. He had these crystal blue eyes, just looking at me. I'd never felt unconditional love from someone looking at me before. There's nowhere else I needed to be. There's nothing else I needed to do. There's nothing else that I needed other than what I was receiving in that moment. Love. And he put his hands on the side of my face and he said, when you allow the spirit to guide your heart, you are going to be unstoppable, son. And he died right there in my arms. And I carried his body to the bed. Now the question that I want everyone to ask themselves when you're thinking about that person, have you forgiven yourself? Days later, when I was wearing that suit for a thousand people at his funeral, I was able to feel what it was like to have unconditional love in my heart, all because I followed my heart. I could have been at a wedding in Guatemala the greatest gift I ever received in my entire life thus far was my father dying in my arms. Pure peace, mm-hmm. unconditional love. And the reason why I ask you if you've forgiven yourself because either someone has moved on, they've transitioned and they've died, and you're hearing this with that energy where peace isn't there. Either someone is going to die and you still have resistance. Either you have so much anger you won't even allow yourself to speak their name. Because that could be edited. It's <laughs> part of the Fully Express podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Authenticity. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, you're saying. As I was saying. We're in it. Yeah. We're still in it. Yeah. We're still in it. That's the beauty. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. everyone out there, forgive yourself a drop of forgiveness. I know that sounds weird because we're making it about them. It's not about them. It's about your heart, about opening up. We have these experiences to teach us what we need. That's the beauty in our needs. I had a need for safety, love, and connection. And that was missed out to my father and I as a kid when I was in military academy later on. But it was actually always there. So I wasn't able to forgive myself. Therefore, I wasn't able to forgive him. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thank you for sharing yeah, that. Of course. Of course. I was deep in it, falling and feeling. And for me, it resonated deeply because my father and I are in that process. And he's still on this earth. And... My heart knows that those days are getting more and more limited. And every time I leave him, or right before I leave, it's, it's like, is there anything else I want to say? Either to myself or to him. Yeah. And yeah, every time, like new layers open up when I allow them to. And I can honestly say that I feel more connected to him now than I ever have in my life. Mm. And it all started with, like you just shared, I mean, I changed my lens. Mm-hmm. I had so much anger towards him. Yeah. So similar and never fully received that love. 
And it almost becomes a model for us in all of our relationships in life. Right. Mm -hmm. Of course. Mm -hmm. And like the great, it almost feels like a great reciprocal circle if we're not in the receiving process like that energy of love isn't complete. It's getting sent, but it isn't actually getting received. Right. That's like half of the gift. Right. Is there anything that you're in the process of forgiving yourself for? Oh, yeah. You know, when I was out there in the cabin, I realized how much anger I had towards my mom. Mm. And she had just, you know, after my father's death, we realized that she had breast cancer. So I came back to take care of her. And then she had chemo. Then she had her breast removed and like love my mom. I did not realize that she was really the head of the household. (laughs) I knew that. But what I didn't realize is that I had so much anger towards her for allowing me to be sent to military academy. And Mm, like, why didn't she do something? Why didn't she say something? Yeah, I knew it was her final decision. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And until I see the gift in being in a military economy raised there Mm -hmm. and thankful for all of it, Mm -hmm. every single experience of my life, I don't care what it is, who it is, what was done, I'm grateful. And the only way I was able to actually embrace what happened was to allow myself to integrate and feel everything that happened. Mm -hmm. And... Having that in the background between my mother and I, she felt that pain. She felt my anger. And I unconsciously knew that she was trying to make up for it. Mm -hmm. And I felt the power in that. Talking about dominating somebody. Yeah. Right. Literally controlling and manipulating. Controlling and manipulating. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, another thing that we model for all of our relationships is cool thing that Paul check had me do was pick three negative things about your mom pick three positive things Mm -hmm. about your mom and then or your dad and go witness how you've drawn that in magnetized that in your relationships Mm -hmm. and the groovy thing where forgiveness really comes in is that higher self perspective because we get to see who we were for whatever the thing that happened you know, when I'm talking about my see, need, fill my meditations, there's a freeze frame of something that happened. Well, we have a story. It shouldn't have happened. An expectation that what needed to happen for us to be okay. Well, there's our first self. And then we have our other self along the journey to whatever point we come to. And maybe along that journey, we're feeling the victimhood or maybe we go through a breakup or maybe a business deal goes sour. But whatever it is, there's heartbreak well the heart's meant to break through those cracks love is able to come out Mm. divine light that's within us is able to shine out how else would we know without feeling that it's a part Mm. of the human experience and it's so hard to digest what happened in between what happened and then the person you are now and the wiser self is the higher self that's able to digest everything. (laughs) You take a raw potato, you're not able to digest that. You cook it and love, man, it's nourishing to the body. Yeah. 
And it's like rising above all of it and seeing the beauty in your needs. Mm. This thing happened. I wasn't even aware of my needs, whether it's safety, love, or connection, until I was without. Now I know. Mm -hmm. If you're in that relationship and you transition or you're in the relationship where you're suffering and there's an expectation and a story, if you're in that career path where you're saying, I spent all this money and they told me it was going to be this way. If you did this business deal Mm -hmm. and man, I invested all this, (laughs) right? It's like, what do you need? Because it's showing you what your value system is that you've never known before. And that is the beauty and understanding your needs instead of making someone into a villain, constantly angry at the other person. Go within, go within, meet your own needs, and you will magnetize anything and everybody that aligns with that value. But if you're pissed off that the first person, that person's needs weren't met and they should be met by an external, by everyone else, by life happening other than the way it happened, you're never going to get that higher level perspective. You're never going to live your wiser self because you're stuck. Stuck. You're stuck. And you're not able to digest it. Mm -hmm. And I understand that place. Mm -hmm. I have worked with people they haven't spoken to their kid in 20 years and they'll give me the story and I'm like great dude you're right what is being right doing for you right now Mm -hmm. what is that doing there's actually a saying that in a very deep way helped me navigate my separation and divorce and is you can either be right or you can be in love but you can't have both (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Relationships are a gift, no matter what form they come in. Mm-hmm. You've seen that I do body work, I do energy work, and I'm always telling someone, it's the relationship. Feel my hand, feel the energy, feel the tension. You know, it's just like if I'm outside, I can't really feel my thumb. I lick my thumb and the wind comes by. There's a relationship there. Mm-hmm. Now I can feel my thumb, right? A lot of times when we're rubbed wrong by people, that relationship alone is exposing and bringing awareness into things we would never question. There's beauty and understanding and being aware of your needs where otherwise you did not know that you even needed them Mm -hmm. and you didn't know how to meet them on your own. And once you accept them, make them your value system and give them to yourself, I'm going to say it again. You will magnetize that person, those people, that community into your life. I'm in Austin, Texas. Mm, Same. I had no idea why I was coming here. Yeah. Yeah. Magnetized. Yeah. Magnetized. Mm -hmm. Magnetized. The way I think about it is if I can get out of the way, get my past self out of the way, get my future thinking mind out of the way, it's A, all here already. Right. And likely I'm just not seeing it because I'm dragging my past and the stories and the traumas and the wounds or I'm future thinking in some way. And when I'm not focused on either one of those things, I start to become aware of 
all of the things that I've been searching for everywhere around me. It's like, I'm sure you've had this experience a number of times when you're out in nature and you slow down so much that you start noticing the most, the details that you couldn't possibly see. Like most people in their life possibly wouldn't see like the veins on the leaf right. or like the texture on the back of an ant or something like that. And that's what it feels like when I slow down in my life as I see all of the beauty that's everywhere. And that in itself shifts my state. And the only step, the only action is slowing down. And then, of course, when you notice and become aware of those things from your past and your wounds, forgiving them, digesting them with love and setting them down. Yeah, I feel the need. Because we do say forgiveness, and I know that, like, that's so heavy to say forgive, but when you say a drop of forgiveness, mm. just place a drop, a drop, every time a drop, each time a drop. And the cool thing is, with each drop, you become full, and your empathy cup fills up, and you're able to actually give empathy till eventually you realize there's nothing to forgive. And that drop is simply just shifting the awareness to forgiveness even if it's just a little bit you're taking it from wherever it was it's if you have a dollar and you want to create wealth in your life you can either spend that dollar or save that dollar and, it, and the dollar doesn't matter but you're putting your perspective on like the saving and investing and right. whatever else the intent the intent of it yeah yeah and when you feel a drop of forgiveness you're moving your life in the direction of that and away from the self yeah whatever so we're at the point where i feel like i like to give people a bite of the cheeseburger not the whole cheeseburger mm -hmm. this is exciting enough for people to hear that we'll drop back in again mm -hmm. right but yeah and i've enjoyed what you shared so far right and it's like and we could sit down here for three hours, but I don't. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. The way I think about, and I actually told you the genesis of this podcast. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've ever shared it on the podcast, but the genesis and like my intention is that this came about just having authentic, genuine conversations. And in fact, they originally were happening in the sauna. Right. And after three back to back conversations where, an hour would go by and we'd say, man, I wish we were recording that. Yeah. And that felt more like people would benefit from hearing the unpacking of the depth of this conversation. Mm. And the way that I think about these conversations is we're both bringing perspectives and stories and experience and knowledge and almost like untangling and unwinding and bringing things out that we haven't said before, we haven't heard before. And in that process, I think it helps people go through their own untangling, unwinding right. as if we had a third person sitting in this conversation. Right. And they were participating along. And I can say with deep certainty that that has happened today. Sweet, man. Yeah. I'm going to take it at that, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, yeah. Our, I felt that was our intent. Our hearts were wide open mm -hmm. beginning and the willingness to be vulnerable and speak in love. I think that was our point, right? Authenticity. Yeah. That's all we said. Truth. Yeah. And like I shared yesterday when we were talking about doing this, 
and we wanted to have you, I wanted to have you on. And I was like, you know, to be honest, like I go in with very little agenda yeah. or no agenda. I yeah, think yeah, I said yeah. zero, zero. Yeah. yeah. And just to be open and curious and, uh, it always comes out exactly as it should. Yeah. So I do appreciate you being on today. Of course, man. Yeah. 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 I'm grateful. And yeah. I want to thank everybody that stuck with this <laughs> from beginning in. Love y'all. Yeah. Love y'all. And I'm really excited for everyone to try out my meditations. Yeah. I really am. I'm I, excited to try more. Yeah. How can people find you, find meditations? DrJud.com. D-R-J-U-D-D.com. And it's a whole series. So Beautiful. They yeah. available now? Yes. Hell yeah. DrJud.com. Yeah, DrJud.com. So with love, be love. That's how everyone amends. Be love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Fully Expressed Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed this vulnerable conversation with our guest. And if you enjoy this show, please leave us a review, share it with a friend, and let me know if this has impacted your life in any way. You can message me directly on Instagram at Chris Marhefka. And also, if you want to support this show, the show is fully funded by my company, Training Camp for the Soul. Go over and check out trainingcampforthesoul.com where you can find out about our online programs, in-person retreats, and lots of free offerings where we're helping people to transform their lives radically and permanently. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate you so much for making this dream a reality.